Welcome back to the Full Frame Podcast. Today, once again, we have Morgan and Andrea with us to talk about the final topic that we have, distribution. Um, This, in my own opinion, in my favorite, what am I trying to say here? This is my favorite part of the process (laughs) where everything is done. um, We get to show it to our client, our customers, the public, um, we get to kind of showcase the cool thing that we just made as a company. Um, so I'm not going to ask you guys to introduce yourself because you were just on and we're definitely not wearing the same clothes from the second episode. Um, Different day entirely, <laughs> definitely. Yes. <laughs> um, so Morgan, Andrea, again, thank you for being on. Um, when I guess the best place to start is just what, when we say distribution, what are we talking about? What does that mean in a general sense? And then what does it mean to like a government customer? Absolutely. So um, distribution simply is getting your video to the intended audience. So we have this video and we want to make sure that whatever audience we're trying to reach, not only um, does it reach them, but that it's also accessible and easy for them to access. So, you know, we can make a great product, but um, what is that saying? If a tree falls in the woods and nobody watches it, the video doesn't exist. Um, (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, hit it. (laughs) So uh, in in our last episode, we were talking about when we start planning a project, we talk intimately with the customer about what their goals are, where they are now and where they want to get. And if our customer wants to educate, let's say, their workforce on something, uh, and we make this great video that really does hit the message but nobody in that population watches the video, then they're, they're not going to achieve their goal. No one's going to learn anything if, if everyone's not seeing it. So um, it's really important in that initial stage that we also understand who you're trying to reach so that we can make recommendations on where to put this video, whether it is internal or external. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, it has so much to do with, you know, we talked in the last episode about about, you know, just the basics being who do we want to affect and what effect do we want to have. But, but like you were saying, if they're not seeing it, they're not going to be affected. And if they're not excited about it and listening, they're not going to be affected. So it's really knowing that audience and understanding how they listen. And so, so how we can actually reach them and our attention spans are getting shorter and shorter and shorter. And so there is a certain build to distribution. Um, Mm -hmm. there's a certain amount of building excitement about the content that is coming and it's going to be different for every audience, um, which is why we really do take a lot of time to talk to the clients about what they're trying to achieve and, you know, who they're trying to achieve it with. But as much as you can know that audience and and know how they're going to listen and you can start to build excitement, um, for the content that's coming out so that, that we can get them with a little bit of a longer attention span than the 30 second sort of video that we're watching online these days. (laughs) Do we, and this is really a question for me because I don't know if we as a company do this or as as if your team does this, do we lay out like a distribution plan for our customers? Do we put it on paper and say, um, maybe we aren't doing the actual distribution, but uh, they want to take care of it. Will we give them like a plan on how to do the distribution? It depends on the customer, but that's definitely that a, a service that we provide. So some of our customers, um, let's say in the training space, for example, we very much plan out the distribution of those videos. So 
we've often made pieces that are going to live on a learning management system but may also be integrated into a course so we map out um, you know in that learning plan when folks are going to see those videos and we also make recommendations in training plans um, for certain videos to not be optional so you must watch it, a video to completion in order to get to the next step so we um, have advised people in that way. We've also created distribution plans from a marketing and awareness perspective of here is where you should put these videos and when you should release them. But for all of our government customers, particularly those who are um, sharing videos internally on internal sites or intranets, we like to educate our customers on what the options are because not all of them are intimately familiar with how to post videos. So we always um, make them aware of the, the options that we know of and, and how to get there. And how to get there easily because we uh, aren't always able to post on behalf of our customers on those internal sites but we can always provide the advice and connect them to the points of contact that can get those things uh, handled for them yeah. and i think it's really talking to them also about um about what what kind of possibilities that they want i'm thinking in particular about internal communications um and and how you can use video for internal communications in some of the larger program offices that we work with because you end up with program offices with thousands of people under them working on all different really technical aspects of an air system and you know or, or other systems but like really dealing with a lot of technology in a way that often like these different little pockets don't necessarily understand what's happening with the other people in the same program office so one of the huge um needs is for an internal communications person to work with those teams to kind of connect them and help move the whole the whole vision of the program office and the aircraft system forward and video can be a huge tool um in connecting those pieces and yeah i was just gonna say it it, it also i think you guys both hit on this it, it depends on the purpose of the video so in mm -hmm. some past episodes we've talked about um how you guys make like onboarding videos or welcome videos and um even you guys do like mm -hmm. farewell videos right for when there's a change of command so for the onboarding and welcome videos those are probably easy like you put them on i imagine what's equivalent to a sharepoint site for the government um and when the the new hires are onboarding, they see it then. But if it's a different type of video, say a training video where we're trying to distribute it to the entire workforce, that's where these challenges come in and really having a full plan onto how to get these in front of the right people is gonna make the difference. So one of the things that we were talking about too is, um, yeah, it's, it's probably gonna be a little bit, and Morgan, you can speak to this too, it's probably gonna be a little bit easier if we're doing a basic training video to stick up for the workforce. Um, but if it's a different kind of a video, um, we talked about building excitement and we might recommend doing things like, you know, taking pictures of the shooting and, or the filming, taking pictures of the filming and distributing that to your team so they know that something is coming. So they're starting to get excited about it. We might pull, a 10 or 30 second video from the longer piece to also send out to your team or to your audience so that they know that something's coming. So then when it comes, you know, it's like you've been waiting for the blockbuster to, to hit the screens for a few months, like you've been seeing those previews. So it, it opens up people's awareness and then it allows them to pay attention to something longer. And then it allows that communication. That's your intention to really hit home um, with the buildup. Yeah. So yeah, we made um, a 
trailer for a commercial customer recently that we um, created a leadership course that had embedded videos within it and we made a quick trailer that not only introduced the group who was putting on the course but also introduced the course itself and that trailer circulated for several months ahead of the training's release and um, it was designed to build that interest so that people would sign up for that course it was a, an hour and a half commitment of time so people you know needed to have something that, to entice them and that layered approach has worked really well for us in the past and I think, yeah. Andrea, you've worked on a couple of projects where that's been successful, too, haven't you? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we talked also in the last episode about the Women in Aviation Project for the Patuxent River Naval Air Museum um, that I worked on. And so we kind of had two elements to that. We did a six-minute video that's on rotation in the exhibit. And we designed that six-minute video so that people could kind of walk through and look at the exhibit and catch maybe 30 seconds. Like, they can stand there for the whole six minutes, and it's a full story. But we really wanted it to be something where they could sit in there for 30 seconds and also be inspired. And I think we really achieved that, but it's a longer piece. But then we also did 12 videos that were designed for social media that are one to two minutes tops. And the two minutes are long for that format. And they went out for months prior to that exhibit opening so that people knew what was coming and they got a taste of the exhibit. And it was fun for me. I was in, I was in the museum and I was buying just a book in the bookstore. Um, and I asked the person that's working, that was selling me the book, how just asked them about the exhibit. And they didn't know who I was or that I'd worked on it or anything like that. She's like, oh, it's been great. It's, it's been one of our best. Like people are coming in just to see that. And it was exciting to hear that the buildup that we did for that exhibit was really paying off and that people were walking through the doors of the museum to see what we had kind of enticed them and lured them in to see and that they were liking it. That's awesome. Yeah, it's kind of just like creating that hype around the video right or the product so um like you're both saying we it, it kind of ties in a little bit of like marketing a little bit of our communications backgrounds where we're like we know you need to have this information we know this information is important but we need to make it entertainment entertaining in some way and get you guys excited about what's coming and um, i think you guys both said exactly that um so do we want to talk about goals and how distribution can help uh, different folks achieve the goals that they set for their um, communications? Absolutely. So, um, you know, all of our projects have an intended result in mind. So some of them are building awareness, some of them are building relationships, some of them are educating a particular group. And you can create a fantastic product um, but oftentimes our customers need to show a return on investment. They need to be able to quantify with some type of metric, yes, we've achieved our goal and this is how we know that we've done it. Um, so that can be done through uh, you know, releasing it and being able to keep track of views. It can be, you know, keep track of how long someone has watched a video or sending out a survey after the fact, assessing what they have learned or taken away from a piece. But um, oftentimes, the uh, you know the project is can be long it can be intensive a lot goes into creating the piece making sure that is exactly what the customer wanted but our work doesn't stop there it goes on into making sure that the intended uh, audience has seen the piece that's crucial measurement is so crucial for knowing the effectiveness especially as we work with clients long term and we're continuing to develop with them like the message they want is it reached you have to know you have to be able to say yes they are watching it. Um, that's a great point. And, you know, one of the things that we noticed with the museum videos is that we, we were measuring views and we were measuring all of that, but we also had people just reach out to us and say, Hey, 
somebody showed this to me at my desk. Somebody shared this with me. And we really want to generate that word of mouth. You know, we, we would love to create content that is so exciting that people are excited to share it to the person with the person that's sitting next to them or share it on their social media accounts as well. Not all the content and lends itself to that, but <laughs> we certainly yeah. want to do it where we can. Being able to leverage that both qualitative and quantitative data can be so impactful for what comes next. Um, you know, it will be great to see a phase two of that Women in Aviation video down the line. Uh, and many of our products, we always are looking at, okay, how, you know, if this achieved this goal for you, what's your next goal or what can we help you achieve next? And having um, that data really helps us in, inform what the next piece is going to be and how impactful it can be. Yeah. yeah. I was going to bring up some of those LinkedIn videos, but I don't know if it's super pertinent. Um, it has to do with the data. Um, so recently uh, for our video production, we, we launched a, a short, uh, what was it, about four-week campaign um, where the team got to speak about what um, makes our, our videos great. Um, and we posted that to LinkedIn. Um, you may have saw them if you're watching this video, but... Um, what I thought was really interested is using that data, we can, the goal for that first one was really just to figure out what worked, right? So which of these videos is going to stand out most to the people that we wanted to stand out most to? And, and you guys were saying, again, exactly that. Um, what was interesting, and Morgan, we've talked about this briefly, is like, I my belief as um, the person that has really dove into the uh, the data and the demographics behind it all is that um, the person that is probably buying the, cust the customer that is probably buying um, our services is probably a little bit older. They have the power to make a decision on making a purchase um, that's a little bit larger. Um, and it, that kind of reflected in the video because, um, or the videos that we put out because it was actually Tina who's been on this podcast. Her video actually performed the best. And um, in my mind, it's like, well, that makes a little bit of sense because Tina's probably around the same age as the person that's buying the videos or making the decision to buy the videos. Um, so again, just emphasizing the power in the data um, and really just understanding that once you begin to distribute these videos um, is when you really get to see um, how they perform in different ways and with different audiences. Yeah, for um, that LinkedIn campaign, it was really interesting to dive into the metrics that we collected and extrapolate you know, our findings from those. So whether it was looking at the content of the video, the presentation of the video, the exact length of the video, we were able to consider all of those factors and compare among the four videos that we released and draw some conclusions about what's going to work best the next time, what's going to resonate most with the audience, both from the speaker to the music to the visuals that we included. It really allows us the chance to sit back and say, okay, how can we use this information to produce a better product next time or a more impactful product that's going to connect with to exactly who we're trying to reach? Or, um, you know, not in this case, but it could reveal to us that maybe our intended audience or the audience we thought we were capturing isn't the one that's paying attention, but this particular group really is paying attention. So what does this particular group, what is it that we want them to know? Right. Yeah. Um, okay. So... We've kind of skirted around this next subject a little bit, but just talking straight up about what the different methods are for distribution on the public side, it's pretty obvious that YouTube is like the big place to put a video right now. Um, we 
Avian um, uses Vimeo, not so much for public videos, but for a lot of our private videos, we use Vimeo. Um, what else do you guys use to distribute your, your videos? On the government side, a lot of our products um, go internal. They are either on intranet sites, internal video hosting platforms, or on SharePoint. And um, one of the great things about working with our team is that we are embedded in many of these offices. So we, A, know the systems that are being used, B, have used them ourselves, and C, we are easily able to test videos to make sure that when they are launched, they're gonna work flawlessly for your workforce. And we also understand um, the technical requirements. We understand the proper file formatting, and we also optimize all of our products specifically that are hung up on government websites because we need to make sure that they stream efficiently. And we are also um, very diligent, diligent about making sure all of our videos are 508 compliant and come with um, closed captioning that can be properly displayed within all of those websites. Yeah, I think that's a huge piece knowing that um we just have the knowledge of those of those different pieces that we have to be compliant with, um, knowing that uh, we have to do subcaptions in a specific way or, or, or include a file or whatever um, the case may be. It's a definite a, a big advantage when we're talking about diverse workforces. And I think just you know I mentioned in the last podcast that I got to work with Avian on the client side a while ago. And that was one of the things that was so great about working with a company is that I could rest assured that they spoke the same language that I spoke and that they knew the systems that I was dealing with. And that is absolutely, from a client standpoint, a huge benefit. Yeah. I think the last piece that we want to talk about is just trends in distribution. So you, again, we kind of hit on it a little bit where videos are getting shorter. We have to get people's attention in like, two seconds and if we don't have it then then they're probably scrolling to the next thing um what other trends do you guys see in video distribution um other than the 30 second time span i think another one that we haven't talked about yet is um layering text and graphics on videos so that they can be uh received not received listened to without sound or what am i trying to say understood yeah, without viewed, sound yeah yeah <laughs> Even without sound, there we go. Um, because I, I mean, personally, I watch so many videos when I'm, you know, out waiting somewhere, but I, I don't have my sound on, but I'd still like to know what you're saying. Um, so just adapting to one of, to that as a trend is definitely important. Mm -hmm. I think TikTok has probably scarred us all. Um, I don't know how Vine got away with it, but I feel like Vine probably started this and then TikTok is taking the brunt of it. Yeah, now we're just all ruined. <laughs> yeah, it's evolution, right? We're just changing. Or we're ruined either way. I'm not sure. Is it is it is it change for the better, though, <laughs> if, if our attention spans are... <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I think... All right, well, so... I, mean, jumping, I was going to say one more thing about distribution as far as, yeah. you know, ways to reach people is that as we're getting further and further away from kind of the human touch element, I always... I always found that when I was working in inside of program offices and inside of government communications that just an old-fashioned event even if it's just pulling everybody standing in the hallway for 15 minutes to watch a new video to talk to be able to discuss in the same room is also a really still a very valid method of distribution mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah we've actually That's talked about that for avian um where um we're obviously doing a lot of virtual events now a lot of folks are dispersed they're working from home um 
so the thought there would be to record our events ahead of time and then instead of doing live events or even in-person events we do like um kind of screenings so now we're if you want to come to our office and watch this video you're more than welcome to but if you have to watch it from home that's fine too so it's it's a little bit different but again like you were saying getting everybody in one place and being able to discuss that video um Mm -hmm. even though it's not maybe a live type of event yeah. yeah, I think between finding unique solutions like that, uh, you know, understanding any new platform as it arises, one of our priorities is adapting to what's changing. Uh, mm-hmm. Post-COVID, you know, things are not going to go back to the way that they were. So understanding what technologies are available and how we can best leverage between uh, efficiently delivering information in the video and cultivating those relationships, cultivating, you know, opportunities for us to be together. Avian is definitely prioritizing uh, innovation in that space. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think we have talked a lot about distribution. It's a, like I said, it's my favorite subject, but it's definitely not something that has to be like, there's no huge science behind it, except for when you start looking at, you know, all that data. Um, Mm -hmm. But uh, I definitely um, like both of your inputs on what distribution is for your team. And um, I guess do, before we end, is there anything else you wanted to add about distribution um, that we missed? I just think it's, it's having the team that can be responsive to the clients and to you know the audience and to changing norms. And it's really the responsiveness that that is going to continue to feed distribution into the future. Yeah, absolutely. Agreed. Okay, so with that, uh, this is the final episode for this mini run of the Full Frame podcast. So um, we will, at the end of this episode, you'll learn about how you can connect with us. And if you want to reach out to Morgan and, and start working with us, um, the information will be there. Um, Morgan, uh, Andrea, thank you both for being on this episode. Um, don't know what the next episode might look like, but I'm sure there will be more in the future. So again, thank you both. um, And I'll see everybody next time. Thanks. Thank you.